1: we have with us right now in our sports our podcasters from the Straits Times. We have their own sports a podcast called Game of uh, Two Halves. So well, I'm Bernard Lim and with me are my colleagues from the ST Sports desk, uh, Rohit Abrijnaz, uh, uh, Sazali Abdulaziz and David Lee for this Game of Two Halves uh, podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the studio one more time. Nice yeah. to be here. Good to be here. Okay, today in the first half of uh, this segment, we're going to talk about tennis and obviously the upcoming Australian Open and of course Australia uh, is, is plagued by all the bushfires around right Now, First, let's look at the the build-up tournaments, Rohit. Serena Williams has just won her first title as a mother at the Auckland Open. Can she win the Australian Open to join uh, uh, Margaret Court on uh, 24 Grand Slam titles? Or do you think that record is what drives her to keep going?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's impossible to ever say that Serena can't do something. I think you can never say that with great champions. I think it's getting more and more difficult for her. I think winning this Auckland tournament it wasn't against the highest opposition. I think the top-ranked player that she beat was number 25. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think what you want to do is going, come to the other side of the world. Just want to get into some sort of form, tune your game, make sure your body is moving all right. You know, just get the little bits fixed before the tournament starts important. We haven't heard anything about any injuries which is really, really important. Obviously, she's driven by this uh, record of 24 Grand Slams. I mean, she is the best women's tennis player there's ever been without a doubt. Some mm-hmm. people th- say she's the greatest women's athlete ever. That's uh, probably more arguable. Margaret Court won 24 but she won it in a time when not a lot of players used to come to Australia for the Australian Open mm-hmm. and she won 11 Australian Opens. I'm not trying to diminish her in any way because she could only win the tournaments that were there before her. Sure. But, Sydney so really, is already the greatest I mean she's done fantastic things but you want to have the figure as well you want to make it you know complete in every way (laughs) so I think so I mean but thing with her is She's been to four Grand Slam finals In the past two years Two in 2017 Two in 2018 Lost all four of them And I think she's getting a bit nervous I think when she is a woman Who played her best in those finals Because she is the best player But I think because she wants it so much Sometimes the pressure becomes too great Right And pressure tells on everybody it Doesn't matter who you are Even if you're Roger Federer Whatever pressure is something Which tells on all players So I think her battle really Is going to be obviously Against the younger players mm-hmm. But really against the pressure Of what she's trying to do to achieve Right It's like you're playing A ghost Absolutely. Well, at
1: the, at the ATP uh, Cup, Rohit, I mean Novak Djokovic extended his hard court uh, dominance over Rafael Nadal as uh, Serbia won the inaugural competition. Well, Nadal also withdrew from the doubles match, citing fatigue. What do you make of these uh, two superstars? I mean, advantage Djokovic in the Australian Open? You think?
2: I think the Australian Open is always going to be advantage Djokovic. He's won seven of them. It's the surface that he likes the best. Plays very well at the beginning of the year. Played superbly against Nadal last year in the final. I think that Nadal overplayed a little bit I mean not his fault I mean he he played the Davis Cup last year I don't know when these guys rest you know I really because you need to rest and then you need to do a lot of training to sort of you know what Michael Phelps used to say is you know investing deposits you know you do <laughs> depo- training is deposits and right. match day is withdrawal I see so I don't know how much Nadal has rested and he's you know he played uh, I think maybe six singles here and two doubles and that's a lot of play early mm-hmm. in the year and so I actually wonder With both of them Even with Djokovic Whether they might have Overplayed a little bit Right the, in this first At the start uh, of the year But at the same time they I mean Djokovic At least he won So he's going to give him Such a boost of confidence You know And I think at the level that they are playing these sort of small things, the confidence, it gives you an edge for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Nadal is the US Open champion, but the US Open surface is totally different from the Australian Open. I mean, they're both hard courts but they're different. Mm. And so, Djokovic has to be the favourite. There's no question about it. So, I think the key is going to be him. Everybody wants to see can the young guys oust these old guys. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful intergenerational battle, you know. Yeah. And uh, the the old guys have the experience. They, they won all the big matches, you know, the, the Grand Slam suits them because five sets suits them because that means if you want to beat them over si- five sets, you've got to play well for a longer period of time right. to beat them. Yeah, and it also gives them time to come back if they're behind in a match. So I think it always suits them. Nobody's saying anything about Federer because he hasn't played a <laughs> match match this year, so he's you know uh, he's a bit quiet. He's thirty nine years old, I think uh, Roger. So it's going to be a bit tough for him. But yeah, I think it's 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 Djokovic's tournament to to win or lose.
1: Okay, so you really think that uh, Djokovic is going to be a favorite for for the men's. Uh, Uh, For sure yeah, For sure Okay so what what can fans (laughs) Singapore look out for I mean apart from uh, Djokovic What else do you think We we should look out for
2: So the guy that I really like is, Is the Russian Medvedev He's a really odd guy He looks He doesn't look like an athlete He looks like you know He's been built from bit parts in some you know ancient you know, car yard or something like that he okay. is very ungainly uh-huh. you know and he, he, he's not you know he's not like Federer who wears his clothes beautifully he's not like somebody who whose hair is well done you know he's just this odd guy but he is a player you know he has a lot of shots Right, And he has a lot of fire in him. I think we saw that in the U.S. Open final against Nadal. He used two sets to love down and then came back and took it to five. Mm. And so he's got to work on many parts of his game. Uh, his net play and his forecourt play is not great. But the other parts, he's tough. There's a toughness about Medvedev that I like. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you have Sissi Bas, you know, the fiery Greek. And you've got Dominic Thiem. And so it's going to be fun. I think one of these days, the young guys have to break through. Yeah. That's inevitable. I You're just so. wondering when it's going to be. And... I'm ready. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, Rohit, you're going to be covering uh, the Australian Open over in Melbourne, and I'm, and I'm sure we'll be looking up for your articles uh, in the Straits Times as the competition starts. Okay. So, if you like the Straits Times, a game of two halves, you can listen to us live right here, Money FM 89.3, or you can subscribe it to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. And now back to the second half of our conversation with our ST Sports uh, podcasters. Well, over in the English Premier League. It, it was a weekend of records as uh, Liverpool won yet again. I mean, beating Tottenham Hotspur one 0 to make it a uh, 20 wins out of the first 21 league games for the best ever start to a season in Europe's uh, top five leagues. Heavy run-up of uh, superlatives for for Liverpool, uh, Sazali. <laughs>
3: Well, yes and no I think certainly it's very impressive you know, the records that they are breaking and you know, the run they are going on certainly you have to respect the way they've, you know churned out some results you know, this game could have easily turned out 3-2 or 3-1 to Spurs not for, you know bad finishing on Spurs part but first of all they haven't won the Premier League title mm. as Liverpool fans some Liverpool fans might still remind you and secondly I think it's a bit too soon to call them you know, one of the you know, the greatest uh, teams and you know compare them to like you know, Barcelona now from 2008 to 2012 where they won 14 out of 19 available trophies that they competed for mm. over that period. So yeah, they've certainly evolved into a, a really strong, really impressive, a really dominant team but Whether they'll go down in history as one of the greatest ever will sort of depend on how they do over over maybe two, three, four seasons. So uh, it's interesting to see how they develop from here.
0: Yeah, so it's twenty one games and seventeen left to play. I think Mm. if they go on the full season unbeaten, you have to put them. You have to rank them among (laughs) the greats. The way they're playing as well, you know, you, you can say Barcelona have their Tiki Taka. Liverpool seems to be. They're playing a type of football I think that there's not been seen in the EPL yet when there are fullbacks playing like playmakers you have Jordan Henderson you know who has been written off even by Liverpool fans he's, he's playing like a deep-lying playmaker you can call it the Jurgen Klopp effect or, or mm-hmm. whatever but I think the players themselves have got to step up and play like the way they did and all the late goals the late wins just add on to their legend mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I like
2: is you know I, I'm not who's going to win when's they going to win what's the point how many points are they going to get I think it's fun to watch a team that knows that they're in the middle of doing something fantastic. right? right you know, yeah. some or the other they've managed to find a solution to everything. You know, mm, they yeah. might get, as you talked about, late goals or mm. whatever it is. But they know they're in the middle of this, mm, you know, and, mm. and it's just them playing against themselves. Right. They're not actually playing against anybody else. Right. They kind to see how good can we be? How can we top last week? How mm. can we better? And, you know, so they're mo- it's this amazing moment when their motivation is really high mm. there probably is no discord in the dressing in the team, room. Yeah. You know, it's a one of the rare moments when a team is having a little run of perfection. It's a very beautiful thing Mm -hmm. because teams which are made up of so many people never work like that. There's always a problem. But at this point of time, I think there's something really beautiful to
1: it. So we can all enjoy it while we can right now at this moment, right? Yeah, we should. We, should. Yeah. we don't know how
3: long it's going to last.
1: Well, <laughs> elsewhere in the, in the chasing pack, guys, Manchester City beat uh, Aston Villa 6-1 this morning. But it was all about Sergio Aguero, whose hat-trick made him the EPL's uh, top international goal scorer. Where does he rank among the EPL's uh, foreign legion of, uh, of attackers?
3: In terms of goals, like you mentioned, probably number one. But in terms of, you know, whether he's the greatest, you know, foreign striker, I would still place him just number two Behind the man, he just leapfrogged. As a, in as this game, year, as a which is Thierry, Henry, because mm. you know, for me, I think Thierry Henry sort of brought something that had never been seen before to the Premier League. You know, which was you know he he was clinical. He he brought style yet panache. He almost sort of created a new style of footballer. In the past, you had Alan Shearer, you know, the, the big number nine mm-hmm. in, in the penalty box. Mm. We had. So called finishers like Gerd Muller, who was, you know, like the early fox in the box, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Henri was the first sort of player who you, you, you started to really consider, you see, you know, the, the best all round like footballer. He could dribble, <laughs> he could run, he could beat players, he could finish from outside the box, inside the box. Almost uh, like a
1: complete player. Yeah, almost <laughs> like a complete. So for me, Henri is still number one. Okay. <laughs> well, still world class uh, sporting action. Uh, the SMBC Singapore Open tees off at the Serapong Golf course in Sentosa this coming Thursday. Uh, David, what is the feel like and are there any big names coming to town?
0: Yeah, of course. The full set of Olympic medalists will be here. So that's uh, Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson and Matt Kucha. It's not every day that you get a full set of Olympic medalists competing in in Singapore. Okay, sure, the last Olympics was four years ago, but these players are still very much at the top of their game. You know, Justin Rose is world number nine, Stenson 26th, Kucha 24th. So these are some of the world's best golfers strutting their stuff at our doorstep personally I'm really looking forward to catching Justin Rose in action it's not mm-hmm. not just because of you know the whimsical prince he, he's adopting mm-hmm. of late but this guy is turning 40 in July mm-hmm. but he's still not showing any signs of slowing down in fact his his putting has improved dramatically over the past two seasons mm-hmm. before that it was very erratic his, his uh, putting stats were outside the top 100 But you know It was 21st In 2018 And 17 In 2019 So what is Interesting is that None of these uh, Olympic medalists have, have won in Singapore So it should make For a very Interesting battle Especially with They are trying to Maintain a strong World ranking To qualify for Tokyo
1: mm-hmm. And how about The Asians uh, David Will there be A, a factor this weekend?
0: Ah, definitely. So here's a quick stat. Three of the last four winners of the Singapore Open are actually Asians. So the defending champion is Thailand's Jess Jem Watanon. I hope I pronounced it right. And, you know, winning last year's Singapore Open was the spark his career needed. Now he's firmly established in the world's top 40. Should be a shoe in for, for the Olympics as well. And if you're looking elsewhere, there's also the Japanese crowd-favorite, Ryo Ishikawa. And from the Singapore camp, you know, James Liao... He just won the Sea Games last month. First man to do so uh, in 30 years. There's plenty uh, to look out for.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion of the week. We really hope you enjoyed listening to us. Uh, this, of course, is game of two halves. And Radio Money FM is a uh, spot on. Get it, all of you in the studio. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Rohit and uh, Sazali and David. Thanks. Okay, good no to
0: problem, be here. Uh, that was an SPH podcast by the Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.